Welcome, everybody, this morning. We trust that you've already been blessed by the singing. Appreciate uh, Darren. Every once in a while, I say something at the beginning of the sermon about the worship time, and it's because it's, it's always special, but there are certain Sundays where it just really hits the mark, and uh, did, did that this morning for me, and probably for you as well. And, uh, so appreciate that, and his family members being here with him to uh, enjoy that and worship the Lord together uh, with them. So glad, appreciate that this morning, brother. Um, this morning we want to talk, we want to continue our study on spiritual gifts and, and in the church. Um, just, a, just a little bit of a, re- a refresher. I know a lot of you have been here th- for the whole journey that we've been going through step by step, um, some principles of the church, and, but a lot of you have not been here for this uh, process. And so I want to give you a little bit of a, uh, just a, a refresher. Um, where we're at is uh, at the Bible teaches us that when a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ, when they come to embrace uh, Jesus Christ as their Savior, uh, which means the one who sufficiently uh, paid the full penalty for their sins on the cross, and that when he died, their sins were laid upon him, and that because of his death, their sins have been uh, sufficiently paid for. In other words, God's wrath is completely satisfied on their behalf. And so someone who embraces that, the Bible calls them that that person is, is a believer, is, is a Christian, is saved, uh, is eternally secure would be another way of stating it. But we also believe in addition to that and equally important that Jesus Christ rose again from the grave the third day. And that when he rose again from the grave the third day, he was victorious over death and over hell and over, over evil. And when he rose again, he spent um, some time here on this earth proving to the world that he was fully and physically risen from the grave. It was truly in so many ways an affirmation to us that one day, if after we die, we will rise from the grave and we will spend eternity in one of two places, either heaven with God forever or in hell apart from God in, in, in a place of torment. So Jesus Christ accomplished that satisfaction of God's wrath in his death and in his resurrection. He rose again. He spent, uh, I believe, 40 days on the earth uh, proving that, evidencing that to the people around him. And then he ascended up into heaven. And the Bible says that when he ascended up into heaven, he sent his spirit down. Okay, and his spirit came down, and his spirit now indwells the hearts and lives of believers. And we call this the new birth. In John 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot see, he cannot understand, he cannot comprehend the things, um, the kingdom of God or the things of God. It's impossible for someone who does not have the spirit of God living inside of them to understand the things of God. So we, 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 we date our salvation, uh, we date our relationship with God back to that moment where the Holy Spirit of God came to live inside of us and we were awakened to who he was. We were awakened to who we are. And, uh, and that was the moment when we became one of God's children. Now, in addition to that salvation taking a place, Jesus Christ is my Savior. He died on the cross for my sins. When he rose again the third day, he, uh, he proved himself. He ascended up into heaven. He sent his spirit down to live within me. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Now, both of them are, are significant to the gospel. 
Someone cannot claim to be a Christian who claims only to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and not to receive him as Lord. That is to divide Jesus and his character. Jesus Christ is both Savior and Lord. It is who he is. So we don't receive him or accept him or place our faith in him for part of who he is. We receive him, we place our faith in him for all of who he is. We trust in Jesus Christ for all that he accomplished for us and all that he is accomplishing currently in us and through us. Now, when Jesus Christ came to live inside of individuals, it is, it is God living in us, okay? I know that's hard to understand or hard to comprehend, but that's, that's amazing. God lives inside of the life, the heart of every believer. When the Bible says that when we get saved, we get a new life, When the Bible says that when we get saved, we get eternal life, it doesn't mean that God takes our life and changes it to make it new and eternal. It means that God takes his life and comes to live inside of us. So therefore, we now have his life. His life is our life. And we benefit from his power as we walk in submission and obedience to his life being lived through us. Matter of fact, one of the greatest obstacles to God's glory being seen in us is as we walk in the flesh. As we walk in submission to the flesh, God is not seen in us because our flesh stands in the way as an obstacle to people seeing God. But as we walk in the Spirit... Paul told one of the churches, he says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. As we walk in the spirit, the power of the spirit inside of us, God is seen in us. We become a witness to the glory of God. Now, with that, the Bible teaches that when God came to live within us, he brought his power with him. And now he begins to work out of us these things, these, these works, these, what we call them, we call them spiritual gifts. But God, God is working things out through our physical bodies. God is working things out into this world. Through the church, he's working his, his ministry and his work is being carried out through this body of believers. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be ministers of his purposes and his plans. Not our purposes, not our plans, not our goals and visions. This is not about us. It's all about him. We read um, very clearly in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, most of that chapter, dealing with spiritual gifts. And he says, this is not about, he says, some have been given the gifts of this By the same Spirit, and some have been given the gift of this by the same Lord, and some have been given the gift of this by the same. And and it's really dealing with the emphasis. It's not on the gift as much as it is on the person. It's the Spirit of God working through us. It is His will, it is His work coming out through me. Not me working out my will, but him working out his will. A lot of people want to do things in our culture today, and, and I don't this might sound harsh, but it's not meant to. But a lot of people in our culture today want to do things, and then they want to, they want to stamp a, a bumper sticker on it and say, this is what Jesus did through me. 
And really all it is is them doing what they want to do, accomplishing their purposes and their goals in life and establishing themselves and making of themselves a name. There's one man, there's, there's one man in the Bible that I know of specifically that said that those very words, I want to do this to make for myself a name. You know who that was? It was Nimrod. When he wanted to build the, the tower to heaven, I want to make for myself, let's make for ourselves a name. Remember, folks, being a Christian is not about making for ourselves a name. It's about making the name of Jesus famous. It's about spreading his name and his work and his ministry throughout this entire world or wherever God plants us in that process. That's what we're here to do is to make the name of Jesus famous. So he... So he comes to live inside of us, and then he begins to work out of us, and he uses these things called gifts, okay? And we, we call them spiritual gifts. We learned last week that they were um, gifts that came from him, okay? And, and that he gives those gifts as he sees fit. We learned some, some uh, true understandings of those gifts and the, as the scriptures teach them. It's so important that we understand them properly. This week, all I want to do is spend some time looking at the five catalogs of these gifts given to us in the New Testament, okay? Five times in the New Testament, these gifts are cataloged. And in other words, they're listed. And I want to just look at that and learn a few lessons biblically about these five different catalogs. Now, now remember this. This is an important truth that we dealt with a few weeks ago. These gifts are unique and different from the apostolic gifts, Okay, the apostolic gifts were specifically given to 12 men when Jesus Christ commissioned them, laid his hands on them, and gave them gifts. It had nothing to do with the Spirit of God living inside of them. Because we know Judas was lost, and he's listed in Matthew 13 as being one who received the apostolic gifts. It was directly connected to Jesus Christ commissioning them and laying hands on them and giving them these powers the ability to heal. And remember this as well. Matthew 13, verse 1 tells us that the, the power and the authority was actually given to these apostles. The spiritual gift gives no man any power and no man any authority. Spiritual gifts give the Spirit of God power and authority to work through us. They don't give us power and authority. The apostolic gifts, different, give the apostles those 12 men, when those apostolic gifts are mentioned, it's always associated with those 12 men and possibly the Apostle Paul. But they're different. I want it to be clear that they're different from the spiritual gifts that are given specifically to the church and directly associated with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We know this for a number of other reasons as well. Number one, Acts 2 is when the Holy Spirit comes to live within people. Matthew 13 is way before Acts 2. So far before the Holy Spirit comes to live inside people are the apostolic gifts. They're healing people already. The apostolic gifts and the, the church gifts, the gifts of the Spirit given in Acts, beginning in Acts 2, are specifically given to the local church or to the church and they're given by the Spirit of God coming to live within that individual. Those gifts would be connected to the Holy Spirit. The apostolic gifts would be connected to Jesus Christ um, on the earth. So let's look um, at these gifts. 
as listed out in the different passages of Scripture. So let's go to begin with, we already read Romans chapter 12, so let's skip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, and just read along, just follow along with me if you would in your Bibles. The Bible says in chapter 12 and verse 8, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the um, ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of these tongues, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And then if you'll go down to the end of that same chapter, beginning in verse 27, the Bible says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles and second prophets and third teachers and then miracles and the the gifts of healing, helping uh, administration in various kinds of tongues or languages. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all mer- work miracles? Do all possess the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And the issue there in verse 28 and 29 is, is obviously that they're, not everybody gets, gets all of these gifts. So these gifts are different for, for different people. And the spiritual gifts are different for each individual. But earnestly, the Bible says, desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Just a few books to your right. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11. The Bible says, and he gave some, the apostles, and the prophets, and the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. And then lastly, go with me to the book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. The Bible says in verse number nine, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, notice at the end of this, again, whoever speaks Um, speaks as if he speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves, he serves in the strength of God. Um, We could say it this way, that when we speak, let the Lord speak through us, or let his word speak through us. Let that be the foundation of our conversation. When we speak, let us speak the oracles of God. Let us speak the truths of God's word. Let Let us speak forth with his authority, or let him speak forth through us. And we become a vessel for him. And then um, when, we, when we serve other people, let the power of God be that strength behind that service. 
Again, last week we, we compared it to being a tool, a, a screwdriver or a hammer or whatever might be the case. We are that hammer, we are that screwdriver, but what is behind it is what matters. What is behind it is what gets glorified. The strength behind us being that screwdriver is the Lord. The strength behind that is, is, is God, and that's what makes the, the, that's what's significant in this situation. The Bible says, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And I think we could all say together, amen, to the fact that to him, to God, belongs glory and dominion. We would agree this morning that there is no one in the world who deserves the glory that God deserves. There's no one in this world that deserves praise like God deserves praise. There's no one in this world that walks amongst us that deserves honor like God deserves honor. Yet it is difficult sometimes or easy sometimes to steal or to try to, to, try to join in in his glory or to share his glory with him. The Old Testament tells us that God does not share his glory with anyone. But everything that we do, we do it for his glory. And we do it for his glory by doing it in his strength. Remember 1 Corinthians 1, Jesus says, I'm going to turn there. If you want to join me, you can. 1 Corinthians 1, Jesus says this in verse 27, God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is lowly in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being or no flesh will boast in the presence of God. In other words, when you stand in God's presence, you'll never say anything about me being great or doing great things. Because God has chosen specific people, placed them into his work, specifically that they will not claim glory for themselves. He says this, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us. Okay, notice this. Jesus Christ is these things for us. Wisdom from God righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus is these things for us so that it is as it is written, let the one who boast, boast in the Lord. So let's look at these catalogs, really just spend a few minutes on this and uh, break some thoughts down for you. And hopefully at the end of the day, we will be in agreement and we can really work to apply these spiritual gifts in our daily lives. Out of these five lists, lists, there are 31 spiritual gifts. Now, some of them are overlapping. Some of them seem to be overlapping, but might be a little bit different. I'm not going to explain them all to you. I'm going to read them to you. There's the gift of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Romans 12, 6 through 8, there is the gift of prophecy, um, service, teaching, exhortation, or encouragement, the gift to be an encouragement, the gift of giving, contribution, the gift of leadership, and the gift of mercy. 1 Corinthians, um, actually that was Romans 12, 6 through 8, 1 Corinthians 12, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, healing, the gift of miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretation. The issue at the end of the day is this. All spiritual gifts are about the gospel. 
All spiritual gifts are about the gospel. All spiritual gifts are about Jesus. They are all about him. If he is working through you, if the Spirit of God is working through you, it will be in some way related to the gospel because that's what he does. That's what he loves. Matter of fact, we think about Jesus coming into the world. When Jesus Christ came into the world, he came into this world with all, every intent, every particle of his being was to glorify God the Father. And when he sent his spirit into this world, the intent of the spirit's heart is to glorify Christ. So everything that the spirit of God does is to glorify Christ. So everything that the spirit of God does through us is to glorify and magnify Christ. Matter of fact, you go to 1 Corinthians 14, and there were some people using the gift of languages or tongues to glorify self, and Paul very quickly rebukes them for that. The last gift, the last two gifts given in 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 are the gift of speaking. Okay, that's what he says, the gift of speaking. Some of us have that gift, amen? We can speak a lot. The gift of speaking and the gift of serving. All right, so we see 31 gifts here. Again, some of them can be overlapping. Some of them are the same, and some of them are uh, the, a, a same word, but a different meaning. We, we're not going to deal with that, but I wanted you to see the catalog of all the different gifts because it's going to help us understand some truths about the spiritual gifts. So that's the catalog of the gifts. Number two, if you're taking notes, the consistency of the gifts. Okay, if you're taking notes, the catalog of the gifts, the consistency of the gifts. You'll notice this. There are no two lists in the Word of God about the spiritual gifts that are the same. There are no two lists that are the same. They are, all five of them, different. They include different gifts. They include them in different orders. There is differences in these five lists. Okay? Certain gifts are not mentioned in certain lists, while other gifts are not mentioned in other lists. Certain gifts are mentioned at the beginning, certain lists that in a different list, they're mentioned in the middle. So there are some things that we can learn from this. Okay? The gifts of the Spirit are is God working out His will and His work, accomplishing His plan through us in each situation and in each circumstance. In other words, there are certain circumstances and certain situations where him to call on people to have the gift of prophecy would be a disservice to those in that moment. In 1 Peter, it's clear that he wants the gift of service, serving people. That in that moment was the most important thing that was needed in that moment to magnify and manifest the glory of God. There are times in our life where people need to hear prophecy. In other words, they need someone to speak to them with boldness. They need someone to hold nothing back but to say it just like it is, right? Anybody ever been in that situation before where you needed someone to just to tell you like it was? Is there ever a moment in the Christian life where that's the exact opposite of what needs to be taking place? that you need someone to put their arm around you and say, it's okay, let's walk through this. I'm going to show you the gift of mercy and not this bold, harsh gift. 
we see this change taking place in these lists of gifts because the Spirit is working through us in accordance with His will and also in accordance with the situation as to what is needed. Listen, folks, we want to put God in some kind of a, a box spiritually and not realize that the Holy Spirit is going to work through us in whatever way He sees fit, whenever He sees fit, as is fitting to His purpose and His plan and His work. Putting Him in a box for ourselves is just simply hurting us. These gifts change as needed by God's purpose and God's plan in a certain situation or in a certain place, they also are different based upon what church you might be associated with. I can tell you this. I've pastored three churches over the last 20 years, and I can tell you that certain gifts were far stronger in each one of those churches. And the reason was because there was a need in that body for that gift to come out. So what did the Spirit do? Well, you're not capable of using that gift, John. No, it's never about my capabilities, is it? If God puts me in a situation, God is going to work through me what's needed utilizing his power and his gifting. So he might gift you. A good illustration of that is I've pastored in churches where I had to lead the worship, okay? And if you've ever known anything about them, my wife's not in here to laugh at that one, but if you knew anything about my singing years and years ago, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't know what a note was. Not a part of my capabilities. And every day I walked from that place and I thanked God for working through me what I could not do on my own. That's how the Spirit of God works. These gifts differ according to God's plan in a certain situation. They're about God and not about us. I don't believe, and I, I, people would disagree with me, and I would be fine with that. I believe that this, these lists of gifts are not exhaustive. I believe that there are things that the Lord does and works through us that are not exhausted and laid out by, I, I don't think music would be in here in any of these lists. But how many of you guys think that the Lord works through our musical team? I don't think this is exhaustive. I think God can do what God wants to do. Whenever God wants to do it, wherever God wants to do it, for his purpose, for his glory, in his church. And remember this, the danger is, is that people start doing whatever they want to do. We're, I'm not promoting that. I'm promoting this. If God wants to work through you something to further his work, and it is totally for his glory and has no selfish ambitions for it, no selfish goals for it, God can work through you. He does it a lot. Listen to what the verse says here in 1 Corinthians 13. Many of you know this passage because this is one that's um, often used about gifts changing or about gifts disappearing. The Bible says in verse 8, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Apostle Paul picks three gifts and says these are going to pass away. They're going to go away. But here's what he says. 
the gift of love, love never passes away. In, in other words, we can manifest the glory, of, the glory of the Holy Spirit by using our spiritual gifts, which are going to come and go. Or we can focus in on the Spirit working through us, the character of the Spirit that never changes and never comes and goes, which is this. I can manifest God's strength by preaching, which is important, right? But may change. Or I can manifest the glory of God by loving, which never changes. I think the, one of the dangers that we have in our world today is people don't want to embrace the gifts the gift, the character, or the heart of the gift of love for people because it doesn't magnify us. They want to embrace the gifts that magnify self, and that's dangerous, like 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The Bible says, in, uh, again, chapter, verse 8 through 13, for we know in part and prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but we will then see him face to face. Um, now, I am, now I know in part, but I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So the, the gifts are going to change in our lives. God's going to use us in whatever capacity, in whatever way he needs to use us in a situation or in a circumstance. And it's going to change when we focus on our attitude in that gift and the use of that gift, not necessarily the gift itself. The Spirit of God works through us as he sees fit with whatever circumstance and whatever situation. And when he is done using that gift in your life, it's, it's gone. And you know something? That's okay. Right? If God is done using a gift in a culture, that's okay. Right? If God is done, if God chooses to stop using a gift, it's okay for him to do that. It's his right because it is his gift and it is his power working through an individual. So he can stop gifts, he can change gifts. The danger that we face is, is that we try to, here's two dangers if you're taking notes. One is that we try to continue gifts that aren't him working through us, but now they're us working. We try to continue gifts that he stopped using. The other danger is, is that we try to stop gifts that he continues to use. We try to put them in a box and say, well, God could never do that. There is nothing that God could never do except sin. He can do whatever he wants. Did you guys hear what I called him to begin with? Who is he? Who is he? God. Who is he? God. He's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. And if he lives inside of you, he can do whatever he wants to do. Through you and in you. The gifts change. Again, number two in regards to consistency. No list has these gifts in the same order either. In other words, the gifts differ in importance based upon the situation, based upon what God is working out and accomplishing. There's not a gift. There are some gifts that are more 
focused on the gospel. There are other gifts that are less, um, and, and, I, and what I mean is this, some gifts are speaking the gospel, and, and other gifts are living the gospel, and I think the Apostle Paul would put more emphasis on the speaking the gospel, but they're, they're important. Number three, so the gifts are going to, the gifts can change, they can end, they can continue, the gifts um, they don't have us, you know, no one in here is more important than it. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, the Bible says that God puts focuses on the, the smaller gifts and not the higher gifts that we would focus on. The copiousness of the gifts, number three, means the amount. You'll notice in the list, the categories given, there is serving, there is teaching, there is helping, there is speaking, there is administrating, there is miracles, there is discernment, there is encouragement, there is mercy, wisdom, knowledge, and faith. You know what all of these are? These are all categories of gifts. Literally, this, this, these lists that I read to you, 31, are categories that a thousand things can fall under. God can work through us. Administration is not just one individual thing that you do, but there's a lot of ways in which you can administrate. There's a lot of ways in which you can encourage people, Right? These are like huge categories that we can fit into. There's like, and, and, and there is a uh, abundance of spiritual gifts that we can utilize and lock into. The gift of speaking, right? There's a gift of speaking. I think I have it. I think some of you have it too. That can be used in a thousand different ways in different places. It's the gift of God meant to glorify and magnify God, but there's so many different avenues in which we can, we can apply it. And all of these gifts are the same. 1 Corinthians 12, 6, and there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. There's enough gifts that we all have one, or maybe more than one. God is working through each one of us individually as he sees fit. There's a gift of knowledge. We would all say that we have that at some level, right? But is it like this little box? Or is it got a lot? There's gifts for everyone. Number four, coordinator of gifts. We see this in three of these passages. Um, God is the decider of who gets what gift and when they get it. He is completely, remember this, God decides when and where gifts are applied, when they begin and end, and he is completely free in doing this. We as a church believe that God is completely free in saving someone, don't we? We believe that God has absolute freedom except in these areas. We must be careful that we don't lock God into our box when we tell other people not to lock God into their box. God is free because God is God. Now, do we always understand God? No. But God is free in everything that God does. Romans 12 and verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us, the grace that is given to us by God, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. 
1 Corinthians 12 and 14, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he saw fit or as he chose. So God is the administrator of these. Lastly, the commencement of these gifts. Okay, how do we know where we're at giftedly? Some people, listen, some people spend their whole lives trying to find where they're gifted at. And you know what they never do? They never do anything. They never do anything. How do we find our gift? We find our gift by doing. We do, we do, we do in God's kingdom. We do, we do, we do for the glory of God. We go out and we see a lost person and we walk up to them, a friend, a neighbor, whatever, and we open these things called lips and we begin to speak the gospel. And do you know what the Holy Spirit of God does? He works through us the gospel. He works through us the message. So in that moment, you have been given the gift of evangelism. The problem with most of us, we say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. So we never open up these two things and God never works through us. When we opened Jeremiah, the Lord told Jeremiah, this young man who was called to be a prophet of the Lord, and the Lord told him, Jeremiah, open your lips and my words will come forth. We can preach the gospel to people. We just need to open our mouths. God can use us to minister the truth of his word powerfully if we're willing to go. 1 Peter 4.10, and each one has received a gift. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the grace of God. Romans 12.6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us used, use them. We use our gifts. We put ourselves in situations where they're usable. I'm going to give you an illustration. Recently, I was in a situation where I was um, speaking with someone on the phone that was not um, a, a very good speaker of English. And I knew it was an opportunity for me in that moment to, to share the gospel with this person or to talk to them in such a way as to share Christ with them. But I could not understand a thing that they were saying at all. And I knew that that was going to be a major barrier in that moment for me to communicate the gospel to this person. The barrier was going to be, I will not understand a thing that they're saying. Do you know what I did? Do you know what I did? I stopped and I said, Lord, please help me understand what this person is saying. Please help me. I've spoken with people on their deathbed who could barely get words out. And you know what I stopped and asked the Lord? Lord, please open my ears that I might hear what these people are saying. Why? Because I can't communicate the gospel unless I can hear what they're saying. Do you know what the Lord did? Two cases of this recently. In both cases, my ears were opened. And I could, I, I, I'm not going to say that I perfectly understood, but I can say this, that I had a greater depth of understanding than I ever thought I was going to be able to have. For the gospel's sake, God gave me understanding. Why is it that we don't get into those moments that are scary and fearful and get on our knees before God and say, God, please help me? That's what it's all about. 
Oh no, God's not going to do that. No, God, help me in this moment. This is about your gospel. This is about your message. Help me. And the Bible teaches us that God will help us in those moments for the glory of God. William Carey said this, attempt great things for God. And I love the order that he put it in. Attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. I always love in Matthew 14 when Peter gets out of the boat and walks on the water. And the other 11 disciples were where? Yeah. Peter gets a lot of abuse, but listen to me. Peter served a God that could do anything. Use your gift. Number two, steward your gift. The Bible says to use it as it was being a steward of God's. Use it as if you were being a steward of God's word and God's strength. Use it as if you were being a steward of God's word and God's strength. It's unstoppable when it's God's. It's, in, it's, it's easy to stop when it's us. Use it, use your gift. Depend upon the Holy Spirit when you are, when you are doing his kingdom work. And then stir it up. Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that was within him. It means to affirm it and to be bold in it. And I, I think Paul, in this case, Paul's affirmation for Timothy was he laid hands on him and the, the apostles confirmed this message, this ministry in, in Timothy's life, this gift. According to the fall, this is a closing. In, according to the following scripture, there is only one fan, there's only one group of fans in the body of Christ. And those are the, that is those who have passed away into heaven. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we could call these fans people that are cheering for our faith. But never does God call those who are in the game to be fans. And we're in the game. We're on the field. We're playing for the glory of God. We are playing a game, not a game of football or basketball, but faith. It's the Lord manifesting himself through us. I want to close with this illustration. Recently, a missionary friend, I, I walked through my door in my office here at the church, and I had this on my desk, and uh, I, I wish it was an American flag, but it's not. Um, and, uh, but it was sitting on my desk. It was a missionary friend of mine, and it had a little note on it, and it said, in God's world, there are no fans. And it was sitting there. I put it on my desk and, and I asked the Lord to help me remember in God's economy, there are no fans. May we today realize that we're a part of something great here. We're a part of God's kingdom. We're a part of God's church. May each one of us determine in our hearts to be used by God in some way to be a blessing, to be a help, to be a gospel person for his glory. I want to encourage you in, in three weeks, the next two weeks, um, we're going to have other speakers, but in three weeks, we're going to deal with some other, I believe, to be very significant attitudes that we have towards our spiritual gifts that'll be very helpful. I encourage you to be here the next two weeks, but also in three weeks. Let's pray together. Father, thank you 
so much for your word. Thank you for the grace that you give us and the fact that you live inside of us and you work through us, your will and your work, whatever it may be. Lord, help us to never limit you in what you can do. Lord, help us to never try to to accomplish things that you stop that we do in our own flesh. Help us to be sensitive, Lord, to letting you work through us as you see fit. And might it always be for your glory and and the advancement of the gospel and your kingdom. Bless us, Lord, as we take your uh, supper, communion, a reminder of what Christ has done for us in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.